Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the scripture in Matthew 25. If you have your Bibles, you can join me or you can uh, see the scripture up here on the screen here. And it's this. Then the kingdom of heaven, see, he starts it that way all the time, will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. Everyone say extra oil, extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And at midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. That was the foolish ones, okay? They didn't bring the extra oil. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those that were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. But while they were gone to buy oil, oh, sorry, I already read that. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Wow, it's deep, right? So I want you to say this with me. Why you need extra oil? Why you need extra oil? Why do we need extra oil, right? So in this parable, we're going to go ahead and highlight the journey that they were on. It seems unrelatable to us because here in America, we have weddings differently, right? We don't celebrate where the bridesmaids go and do that. So knowing the scripture, understanding the word of God in this parable, the bridegroom is Jesus, okay? And the bride is the church. The the body of Christ is called Uh, the bride of Christ is called, the the church is called the bride of Christ, right? How many of you know that? The church is called the bride of Christ. So what's the bridesmaids? What's the bridesmaids? They're the servants to the bride, right? So the servants, the servants to the bride of Christ, to the church, that's what the brides are. And that's pretty powerful when you really think about it. Because normally you think, oh, the bride, you're the bride. When I read this before and you hear the translations of it, you think about the bride, oh, the church body. Yeah, the church body as a whole. But we all have different individual parts, right? Some are the feet, some are the hands, some are the head. Some are, well, Jesus is the head, but you're getting me, right? So, so that's, you know, it's not relatable to us because in the Hebrew culture at that time, uh, Jesus was talking to the Hebrew people and it was part of their tradition and culture to do that for the bridegroom to come. So it was relatable to them. So that's why I'm trying to give you a little deeper understanding of what Jesus was talking about, uh, uh, being that he was the bridegroom and we are the bridesmaids. That's what he's talking about. So as bridesmaids, we've been chosen to serve the bride the church, the the church of God, the church of God. And so um, it's talking about, I don't know if you, I pulled this from it too, is preparedness. Have an extra oil 
is being prepared. Even if there's a delay, there's scripture said in there that there was a delay. It said one of the things to recognize is that there was a delay in the arrival of the groom. And the foolish never prepared for that delay. But it says that the five wise, so half of them, they were prepared to have enough oil for the journey and for any delay that might happen on the journey. I'm getting somewhere with this, I promise. So one of the things a lot of times that happens with us Christians, we get tripped up when there's a delay. You're waiting on God for something and, and there's a delay and it trips us up and we lose our passion and our heart for God because we think that he didn't you know, see us through. But a lot of times what God is doing in the delay, it's not a denial. The delay is just more time for you to prepare. It's more time for you to seek his face. It's, it's more time for you to get filled up with his presence, with his spirit, because those trials through the journey, they're going to come. They're going to come for every single one of us. But if we have extra oil, right, if we have extra anointing, I'm going to say anointing because oil represents anointing. When we are filled up with the anointing of God, no matter what comes our way, we are going to walk it out with God by our side. He said, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us, right? Amen. God is so faithful. But how many of you want to stay filled up with the presence of God to walk this walk, walk this life, this journey that each and every one of us are on out? Preparation is this. It's the process of making ready. It's something done to get ready for an event. That's what preparation is. It puts us ahead of the game. Before anything comes our way, we're ahead of the game and ready to face any battle that we may have to walk through. So from a personal perspective, as a pastor's wife, as a mom, as a grandma, as, as a business owner, um, as, from that personal perspective, also of this one thing, I'm going to say this for somebody in here. At one time, I was a, a mom pregnant with my fourth child, going to college and getting my degree and finishing. I, I think I can relate to a lot of you in here that are maybe going through different seasons in life that you're having to walk out at this time. But one of the most up, most important things to me is being a servant in the, in the church, being a servant in the house of the Lord and being a servant to Jesus. That's the most important thing. And one secret to know is, is, to is to make that happen is to have that as top priority in your life. So I want everyone to say this, and I know it keeps telling you to repeat something. There's a reason why, because when we repeat things, we just kind of, it kind of helps us remember. When you leave here, you're going to remember, and you might be saying it to yourself. How do I keep my lamp full of oil? How do I keep my lamp full of oil? How do you stay prepared? So preparedness is the key. So since it is Mother's Day and we're talking about mothers and also children, uh, our first point that we're going to conversate about is this, teaching children to have their own personal relationship with God. I know for me as a first-time mom, when I got pregnant with Haley, the oldest, she was the oldest one, I felt this huge responsibility of her soul if you will. If you're a mom in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It changes you. It transforms you when you become a mother, or it should transform you or change you if you allow, allow it to. And believe me, you, you're, you should be very happy that I was transformed because y'all didn't know me before most of y'all. <laughs> 
but it changed me. And I'm telling you, I started seeking God because I'm like, I'm not just responsible. You know, a lot of times when you're young and you're just responsible for you, you don't care. But when you're responsible for another soul and their salvation, it takes on a whole new meaning, right? Young, young parents in here, can y'all relate to me? And so we want to kind of talk about that question here or that topic here is teaching our children to have their own personal relationship with God. And if I were to ask you one thing, what impacted you to cause you maybe growing up or whatever to have your own walk or your own personal relationship with God? What helped you in that? So for me, well, first I want to say that we are not perfect and nobody's perfect. There's no perfect family that we are just trying to follow Jesus the best we can and he's the one that is perfect. Amen. So I just want to kind of set the... What? He's the standard. Yeah, he's the standard, he's the standard. exactly. Um, but with me growing up, I can say that with you and dad, um, every time something happened, good and bad, didn't matter. Like prayer was always the answer. And, I mean, it didn't matter what, what was happening. Dad, oh, let's get together. Let's hold hands. Let's pray. Uh, even when we didn't feel like it as kids, y'all made us do it. Um, but that stuff sticks with you. It sticks with you in we were made as spirit. We have a hunger in us for something spiritual. Everybody, if they, even if they don't know it, they're looking for something spiritual. And so as children, you're just so open to, to things that God could do in your life. And so prayer was so impactful for me. And that's just something that I remember. And now that I'm going into my ne- or I'm in my next season of being a new mom, and we've been married for over three years now, I mean, it's just even more important to show that to our children. Um, And so I'm just so grateful for that, first of all. Um, But whenever I got married and then moved out, I realized I couldn't live off my parents' oil anymore. And I had to have my own oil. And I'm sure a lot of y'all can understand that if you've moved out, if you've been moved out. Um, you got to cover your home. It's on you now to cover your family, to cover your marriage. And yes, my parents still pray for us, but it's not the same. It's God has called us to another level to take the responsibility to cover our own home. And so we have to carry our own oil. Um, and I think a lot of people, they get confused with hearing the voice of God because they don't have any oil, any time spent with him. And in the scripture, it says that his sheep know his voice. And I think that's the goal for all of us is to become sheep and to know his voice. When he calls, we will answer. Prayer. Prayer is so powerful. And, Bricky, what what kind of things, like, growing up, what influence or impact you to just, like, take on that personal, not your parents' walk with God, but now you've got your own? Yeah, I mean, just reading that scripture really stood out to me where it said, you know, we don't have enough oil for you. You have to go out and get your own. And, you know, you just come to a point in your life when you can't live off your parents' prayers anymore. Like, you have to make that decision for yourself. Is this something that I believe, or am I only doing this because my parents do it, you know? Is this something that I want to continue doing and, and start your own relationship with God? 
But your parents and parents, you can help your children get to that point. You know, you still can pray for them. And um, I just believe that you can set the foundation in your home and you can lead by example. And that's just one thing that my parents did growing up. I'm just very fortunate. I grew up in a household. I've been in that's been in church my entire life. And one thing that I always saw my mom do in the morning when she woke up, she got her cup of coffee, but then she went back into her room and she was reading her Bible. She was getting into the word. She was praying for me and my sister. She was praying for my dad. And that was always the first thing she did before anything else because she knew that she had to be filled up and you know she even had books in her room there's like the power of a praying wife there's one like praying for your kids and you know there's ones about being in the season of storms and all those books in her room they're like tattered and worn out but I just saw that that was because she put in the work and, and she read the word and you know that was just a great example to me and my sisters because you know I want to be the mom that she was I want to be the wife that she was and so she just set that example and even with my grandparents I remember going to spend the night at their house and I would be in one room and they'd be in the other room but I would hear them in the other room praying together and you know they would always pray before they went to sleep they would pray when they woke up and they just set that example for me I was just so blessed to be surrounded by that. And another thing that um, I just love that my parents did was they instilled into us the consistency of going to church. So like growing up, going to church was not an option for us. You know, whether it was Sunday or Wednesday, like we were in church. We were in the daycare. We were in children's church. We had to go to youth. We went to youth camp, and that was something that they always instilled in us because, you know, they believe that you don't forsake the gathering of the saints. And I was just so thankful for that because, parents, I just want to encourage you, if your kids are still under your covering, if they're in your house discipline them in that way now that they go to church that it's not an option you know that and whenever they go and serve I mean there's many ways but they're gonna have a heart for the house so that when they do get older they're not gonna depart from it because you already discipline them in that way you know I've heard it said like this that some things have to be disciplined before they're desired so, you know, that was something that my parents did. It was discipline, but then I came to a point in my life, like, man, I want to be here. I have to be here because I can't live without God. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. <laughs> I remember, you know, just one time uh, coming home. I was still in high school, and it was prom, so it was Saturday night. It was a long day, you know, and I came home, and I was so tired. I was like, man, Dad. It would be really nice if I could, you know, sleep in tomorrow. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, if you can go to prom, you can go to church. And so Amen. I'm like, all right, I'll be up at six. So. How many of you had parents like that? <laughs> the, yeah. the funny me? thing. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the funny thing is, is that happened to me too. I me went, too. I went to prom both years and dad, we're going to church. We're waking up. I had like two hours of sleep. <laughs> Can I, I'm going to throw something in real quick because it's just on me so strong. If you weren't raised in a household like that, you know, I wasn't, uh, it's never too late. This is the That's time right. to start. You can, this is an example of it right here. First generation. 
And there's, it's never too late. It's never too late. I do remember this when I was young, us coming together and having supper and saying a prayer over our meal, and that impacted me. Just something so simple because you're inviting, you're welcoming the presence of God in every time you say the name of Jesus. He said he's there at the mention of his name. So even just praying over our food as a little child, I could feel him. So I just wanted to throw that in there. And I can relate in the same way. It was like church wasn't optional. It was like, no, we are going to church. Homecoming prom, I don't care. We're going to church the next day. And um, like I said earlier, I have, I've been here since the church started, obviously. Um, but since I was six years old, I've been serving at a church. And before my parents were ever senior pastors, um, I, I, I can't remember a time where they weren't serving in church. And I would say that is what has impacted me the most because whether they were like cleaning bathrooms at the church or uh, teaching in Sunday school, whatever they were doing, they were serving and they brought me alongside with them. And I told the other service, that's probably why I'm so good at cleaning now because I helped them clean the, like, clean the church so many times and just like growing up. Um, but that helped me develop a heart for the house. So I want to encourage parents in here, um, if you're not serving yet, I, I would highly encourage you to start serving somewhere and bring your children along with you and even find a place for them to serve as well. Something that they will enjoy so that church isn't an obligation, but they actually enjoy coming to church. Um, bring them along with you. Encourage them to serve in church. And I want to talk to the young adults and youth this morning, too as well. Just like the scripture says, so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. So why would you wait until you're older to get involved? Why wait? We don't know when he's coming back. We don't, it's a, it's a crazy, scary thought, but we just don't know. So don't wait until you're older to get involved in church. Don't wait until you're older to go all in in your relationship with God. But start now. The time is now for you to start. And I, I love it, too, because um, Riverside Kids has kids serving over there. They have kids leading worship over there. Um, our young adults help serve in our youth department. And so there's a place, no matter what age you are, there is a place for you to serve. And I promise you, as you serve and you're around like-minded believers that are encouraging you on your walk with God, you're going to see your faith strengthen. You're going to see your hunger and your desire to walk out your relationship with God grow even more. And it's only going going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't started serving yet, start serving now. God was the great, Jesus was the greatest servant of all. If there's one thing Jesus was, it was a servant. He taught us to serve. It's not all about leading, right? We talk about that. It's not about leading. It's just really about serving. And we're here, we're just like how we're here to serve y'all. Um, we encourage everyone to serve. Find a place that you enjoy serving because it'll make a tremendous difference in not only your life, but your children's life as well. Amen. That's so good. So, how do you get extra oil? We hit on three things prayer, reading the word, and serving. You can, I mean, filling up with, with the presence of God and the oil. But the other thing is this, too. One thing my husband was really good at was bringing church home. So, like, we are the church, right? How many of you know we are the church? And so 
we always had church at home. This is, yeah, this is a building. We come here together and assemble together and we worship the Lord. But it's so important if you're a young parent, while your kids are still so impressionable and so young, to learn to have church at home. Put on that worship music at home. Worship God. We taught them that. We'd come together, put on worship music. We'd pray together. And not only that, if you see your children going through something, the Spirit of God will show you and reveal things to you that yeah. they're going through something. There was not and times where my husband would be like, I've got to go pray to, over Caleb right now in his room. And he would go in there and sure enough, and there was breakthrough and we'd have prayer in the house and he would anoint him and, and God would move in powerful ways. But that's what, that's what the church is. That's what the church is, right? So uh, just teaching the children to have that experience for themselves and knowing the power of the name of Jesus so that your children can know the power of the name of Jesus. How many of you know there is power in the name of Jesus? It's the name that's above all names, over all sickness authority. He has all dominion, power, and might, the name of Jesus. And so that's one thing, too, is teaching your children in your home about the power of the name of Jesus. And I shared this story this morning with the first uh, service, but Haley, because I've got so many that I'm, I'm remembering that, that God showed his faithfulness to me. And I know in my young years as a mom and as a new new Christian, he was building up my faith. Looking back now, he was building up my faith. But one time when Haley was real young, 18 months or almost two years, um, she had a severe ear infection. It was so bad. It, we were, it was late at night. She was screaming. It was hurting her so bad. It had been going on for hours. And I was just sitting there and holding her. And I didn't have insurance to run her to the ER. I did not have the finances to take care of a of a doctor bill at all. And I just, it just clicked to me. I'm like, I have Jesus. I have the power of the name of Jesus. And I grabbed my little anointing oil bottle and I put my finger in it and I put my finger in her ear and I just started to pray over her and anoint her and command that ear infection or whatever it was to leave. And right then in that moment, she goes, mommy, it's gone. Just like that, it's gone and something popped and she was fine and it never came back. But I'm just saying, you've got to lead by example and we can do that in our home. You don't have to wait to come up here while we're standing here at the altar to, to pray, you know, pray for you or pray for your children. If your children need you, who is going to pray? No one prays like a mama can pray. Let me tell you, no one can pray for a child like a mama can pray for a child. Take the authority of the name of Jesus that he's given us. It's a benefit from the kingdom of God. And use that authority anyways and teach them so that they can experience it for themselves. So when they get older, they know. And then when they become moms, they know what to do. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. I'm not saying don't go to doctors. So, so don't let your kids suffer. If he, if he decides not to heal them, you know, we have those options. And, but, but if God decides to heal them, you know, use the power of the name of Jesus is what I'm trying to say. But my kids get along. We're going to go into this next point. My kids, um, Allison and Caleb, get along now. But there was a time that they did not get along. And I'm going to use this story to kind of veer into this next one. And, I mean, so bad. It was so bad. How many of you have kids that there's just a lot of sibling rival, rivalry, right? We had it in our home growing up. There was six kids in, in our household. And within 10 years, my parents had six kids. And there, there was a lot, there was some of that, but we love each other. And guess what? We're best friends today. So 
But there was a time where, and I know you can't believe Pastor Caleb would do this because he's so sweet, but he, he, he was so mean to her. And, and, and you know her, she's strong-willed. She don't take it, right? I was a brat. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so there was a lot of tension all the time. I mean, it was bad, okay? But it got, as they got older, it got really bad. As they aged, it just got worse and worse. Like Haley was saying, no family is perfect, right? <laughs> But um, anyways, it got so severe. I mean, it was just affecting all of us. It was affecting our whole household. And um, so Bobby says, you know, I'm going to pray about, like, we, this has got to be resolved. Like, they can't go on like this. And at that time, um, those, those big um, shirts were real popular to put siblings in that weren't getting, did some of y'all use those shirts, the get along shirt? It says, you know, the, the get along shirt, they weren't getting along. You put both the kids in the same big t-shirt and they have to stay in there till they can get along. And that was real popular then. And it was a cute idea, but we talked about it and we were going to make one. And he says, you know what? The Lord told me to do something else. The Lord told me to next time they start arguing like that, to get them together, make them look at each other in the face, put each other's hands on each other's shoulders and pray for each other. And so we tried it. And guess what? It was so powerful. It worked. They, they looked at each other. I think by this time, Allison was seven or eight. And yes, we were already pastoring and that was already, that was going on so bad in the house. And she was probably eight and he was like 12, 11 or 12. And they, and they, they, the first time they did it, they didn't want to do it. And they were just like, you know, trying to pray, but they were like mad about it. And they were just like, oh, geez. Oh, they were mad and frustrated. But a little bit of time as they're talking to God and praying, because, you know, when you're we're praying for somebody, you can't, you can't hate them, right? <laughs> and so their hearts just begin to soften as they were praying for each other. We like saw it with our own eyes. And then they started weeping and crying and they said, I'm so sorry. And they hugged each other. Anyways, they, that went on for like a month or two. It still took time. But would you believe, just like my husband always told them, there's power in the words that you speak, especially over your children. Okay, the, there's power. And he would always tell them as bad as it was, y'all are gonna be best friends one day. Y'all are going to be best friends one day. You know what? They're best friends today. They work together. They do ministry together. They're, they're spouses. They're all best friends. And uh, But something about prayer, the power of prayer, the name of Jesus, like it broke something in them. And so um, I just wanted to share that because this is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Inviting God into your chaos. And that's a strong word, chaos. I don't even like to use the word chaos, but because God doesn't desire us to stay in a place. He doesn't desire us to live in chaos. That's not God's plan for our life. But yeah, chaos comes. It's a moment in time. So how many of you have been in moments of time? Maybe you're in it right now. It's a season of busyness. Maybe it's a season of what seems like chaos to you. How do we invite God into that moment? How do we invite God into our situation of chaos at that time that we might be going through? And so um, I guess I'm going to I'm going to pass it on to you. How, how do you, how'd you learn to invite God? Obviously, I just told everybody. Yeah, I think that was a very prime example. I, oh, man, I still remember those moments. Like my mom said, at first we were like, ah, we do not want to do this. And then eventually um, God softened our hearts, and we were like weeping in front of each other. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, God did something so powerful. And as we were talking last week, I realized, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what y'all did in that moment, I have carried on into my marriage. 
And, and they really taught me in that moment. They were an example of inviting God right into the middle of it. I think it's very easy to sometimes forget to and, or forget to pray or to invite God into the middle of life and when things get crazy and chaotic. Like sometimes we'll just get through and be like, oh, God. Uh, we just come to him. We're like, I don't know what I'm going to do at the very end. I'm like, it's been months and months. And it's like, well, our, our first instinct should be to come to God first. He, he wants to be in the middle of it because he's the answer. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so even like now when we have had a long or just a really hard day, um, we're not perfect. We miss nights. But me and my husband will pray together, and we start our day with prayer. So I want to encourage any married couples or just honestly everyone, single people, don't underestimate the power of praying together. Praying as a family. There is something so powerful. And if maybe you aren't used to that and that's something very new, even if you just pray like next to each other. And then as you grow, as you grow in your walk, you'll begin to pray with each other. But in the middle of like disagreement, sometimes we'll be like, all right, one of us hasn't prayed. Let's just pray right now. <laughs> like, we just need to pray right now. And God brings peace. And God brings what only he can bring. And I think at the end of the day, what it's really about, what that comes down to is intentionality. Are you being intentional in your life if you're single? Are you being intentional with your time? If you're married in a relationship, are you truly being intentional in that relationship? Because if you're not intentional, you're being casual. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be casual in my marriage. I don't want to take it as a casual thing, but I want to be intentional about praying with my spouse, about speaking life, about encouraging uh, my spouse. So I just want to really encourage y'all to just be intentional every day. Do what you have to do to remind yourself to take time for God, to take time to sit in his word, because there's so much power in that. Yeah, one thing I wanted to add that y'all both hit on was like the power of your words and I believe it's just so important, like being intentional with the words that you're speaking into your situation or even the words that you're speaking over your kids. Like I know that even maybe there's some parents in the room this morning, like your kids aren't in church and, you know, maybe they're out of your house and, you know, don't like not all hope is lost. Like the words that you speak over that situation, you know, like, Lord, like you will soften their heart and you will bring them back. And even like, you know, if you have kids that are fighting too, like just like how Pastor Bobby spoke, like y'all are going to be best friends one day, like just speaking life into that situation. And, you know, just one scripture verse that, you know, I've had to hold on to that, you know, speaking it over certain family members in my life that have not been saved yet or I'm wanting it saved. It's Ezekiel 36. 626 it's talking about how God will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and put a new spirit in you and you know just make that personal to your situation you know I did it too like whatever that person's name is you know like say Lord remove their heart of stone put a heart of flesh in them put a new spirit in them Lord help them to be sensitive to your presence and you know just your words are so powerful what you're speaking over your kids too like you could build them up or you could build them down Good. So good. Speaking of chaos, 
like right now, your season has been probably a little bit of that um, with a school, with a new marriage, and then taking on so many roles, like administrative roles in ministry. And, um, you know, you, how you feel, how do you fill up with God when you don't have time? Like there's, when you're doing family, uh, ministry, school on top of it, um, you, the time, maybe, I don't know, share something about how do you make that time? How do you make that time? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have, um, just been in a season where it's just every single day you feel like you have something going on, just, you know, a little bit of a busy season. And I feel like I've found myself in that and just, you know, sometimes we can get overwhelmed with all the responsibilities that we have going on. And, um, and just one thing that I've had to hold on to when I find myself in that season, like knowing, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to accomplish all of this, is just holding on to the fact that God graces you for your season, you know, whatever season that may be, you know, but as long as you are following after him, pursuing him, and you know that you're going where he's called you to go, he will grace you for your race. And um, I just want to take something from uh, the talking about Moses in the book of Exodus, uh, you know, God appears to him in a burning bush, and he said, I want, I've heard my people's cries, and I'm going to free them, I'm going to free the Israelites, and I'm calling you to go speak to Pharaoh, and you're going to go free my people, and what does, what does Moses say, like, Lord, I'm eloquent in speech, I'm, I'm slow of speech, I can't do this, this I can't go, and what does God say back? He says, I will go before you. I will speak for you. And basically saying, I will grace you for this. It's not me. It's not him. It's God <laughs> working through us. And so, and just, you know, if you feel like there's something like you, that you can't accomplish, it's, it's okay because God does it. It's God working in us. And so that's just something in this season, just knowing like, just breathe. It's, it's not all on us. You know, we, we have our helper. We have the Holy Spirit. And another thing I felt like, in our, in our chaotic season, it can be very easy to compare ourselves to other people and, and look at other people's lives and just like, why, why am I going through this? Why am I having to do this and struggling with this? And like, why do they have it all together? And one thing I want to pull from the scripture verse that we went over was it said that all the bridesmaids at first had oil in their lamps, okay? They all had oil, um, but only five were wise enough to bring extra. So from the outside, it looked like all ten bridesmaids were prepared, that they had the oil, they were ready to go, they are ready to meet the groom. But that wasn't the case because it says it looks deeper. It looks at their heart, not just their appearance. It said five were foolish, but five were wise. And I know um, sometimes it can be very easy for us to just look at what's on the outside, you know, whether it's with social media or, or whatever it is. It's very easy for us to compare ourselves when we find ourselves in a chaotic season and just admit, I wish I had it all together like they do. I, I wish I was in their season. And, but God doesn't look at what's on the outside. God looks at the heart. He looks at, you know, did you bring the extra oil? Were you prepared, you know? And so during this season, I've just 
whatever you may be going through, I just encourage you to, to not compare yourself, but just, you know, be like the wise bridesmaids and spend time with the Lord. Get filled up. Be prepared. Have the extra oil because that's the only way that you're going to make it <laughs> through that season. Because I know there's, there's been mornings where, honestly, just say, we're not perfect. I wake up, I'm like, I got to go. I'm late to class. I'm just going. And when I don't take the time to pray, it's a bad day. <laughs> it is. You can ask, you ask my husband. I'm cranky. Like, it's, just, it's not a good day. And, you know, and so <laughs> taking that time, like, even if it's five minutes, Lord, help me today. And even if it's, you know, Honestly, me the other day, it was during a test. Lord, give me the answers. Like, it just, just, it doesn't have to be for an hour. Just throughout the day, just inviting him into your situation and just saying, Lord, I need you in this moment. And, yeah. I was going to say, I'm sorry, the moment, because it is just a moment, right? We were talking about that. There's been times where, like, I'll feel, when I have felt super overwhelmed, and right in that moment, I'm like, Lord, I need your strength. It's as simple as that. Lord, I need your strength right now. And I'm telling you, God is so faithful. I will feel him just give me the strength for that moment. So if you ever go through those things, it's just, it's just remember, it's just a moment. I invite God into that moment. And then you, as a young mom, how do you, how, how do you navigate now that yeah. having a baby yeah, so and I'll spending be, time with God? I'll be brief because they hit on a lot of good stuff. Um, but I think for anybody who's a mom, um, Gosh, because everything changes. Every day is so different. It's like, oh, you have a plan? No, you don't have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of goes out the window. That's what I'm learning. Um, even with dads, you know, or people in general. Um, but, gosh, because sometimes, you know, prayer looks like doing the dishes, and that's the only time I have to, to spend time with God. And um, you just got to give yourself grace. I kind of want to hit on more of what Brooklyn said about grace, because the Bible says that, Oh, gosh, that in our weakness, he is strong. You got to give yourself grace. You were not meant to carry that weight. You were not meant to do it on your own. And it takes surrender. There was a moment a few weeks ago where I was just at my end. It was a very, very hard day. And I literally had nothing left to give other than just let God know, I'm, I'm done, God. I give up. I need you. I surrender, like, please take this, help me. Like, when you get to that point, you have nothing left to do but surrender. But I think God wants us to live our life every moment like that. Because we shouldn't be living our life empty and then blowing up and needing to fill up. When you drive, do you drive all the way to empty? I do sometimes. I'm sorry. But I feel like that's God, God's like, what are you doing? Like, I, I'm here. The gas station's been here. You keep passing me, but you're not that's feeling good. up. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And we just ignore him. <laughs> but he's, I feel like God's just calling out to us, please stop. Please stop. You need, you need to be filled up. You, you're going to run on empty, and you're going you're gonna to crash. So <laughs> but yeah. that's just what I would say. Prep, yeah, that's so good. So good. Preparation. Preparation puts us ahead of the game. 
So keeping our oil filled, having that extra oil, it's just preparing us for whatever's next. So if something's coming our way, we're just prepared in the spirit. We know that God is on our side and that we're going to make it through whatever that may be, right? And so I'm, and I'm going to close with this um, as, as uh, trying to balance family and ministry and, um, and, and also a, being a business owner. If there's business owners in here, is there business owners in here? We had a lot the first service. Anybody a business owner? Yeah, well, maybe I'll still say, I'll keep it brief, but, or even leaders, leaders, are you in leadership in any kind of way where you have a downline of people that you're pouring into? It's so important as a business owner or a leader to be able to, to not only, um, pray for your employees and the over the business, but actually giving that business, making it a kingdom business, making Jesus not only the CEO, but Lord over all and being able to like pray for situations. Like I've seen God come in in moments that I didn't know how to handle a situation and ask for wisdom and he'll give you wisdom. He'll show you how to do it, what to do and why. I mean, he'll just give you the answers. So I've just seen God in a new, this new season of my life, I've seen him come in and answer uh, prayers from a business perspective that has just been blowing my mind. It's just been so powerful. And so, anyways, I just wanted to share that's part of sometimes my chaos is trying to balance all of that. But I've seen God come through and be just so, so faithful. But if we go back to the story of the parable, we we see this with the, with the ten bridesmaids. They all were given oil. They all had the same potential, okay? They all had the same choice, but only half of them decided to bring extra oil. Only half of them made that decision or that choice to be prepared. And so I don't know if you're in here this morning, if you're feeling like Haley said, like you've been on empty, but I'm going to tell you, God is so faithful. If you call on him, he can fill you up this morning. He wants to do that for us this morning. He wants to refill us, renew us, give us what we need to make it through not only this day, but all week, not only just next week, but all year long. He wants us to be full of what he has for us. That's part of the benefit of the kingdom of God is being able to call on his name and go to his presence, you know. So if you're here this morning, I'm going to go ahead and close. And I want us to all stand up and we're just going to close in prayer. We're going to pray right now. We're going to ask God just to touch and move. If you don't mind just raising your hands, it's okay. We're we're kind of bold in here. Like Pastor Bobby said, if you don't raise your hands, it's almost like you're the oddball. But you don't have to raise your hands. It's okay. You know, some of us pray like this. Have you ever seen that thing? Some pray like this. Some pray like this. Some, everyone's different, right? Whatever you're comfortable with. But let's just invite the presence of God in here again like we felt during worship. And even during while we're talking, I know it ministered to someone. And so, Father, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you, Lord, uh, just for ministering to hearts. We pray that, Lord, every mom, every person that's in here is blessed by, Lord, words that were spoken this morning. And, Father, we pray for a supernatural anointing and refilling, Lord. I pray for those that, Lord, that may
may feel down and out, Lord, that you would give them a renewed mind, Lord, that you would give them a renewed heart, Lord, that you would give strength to the weary and to them that have no might, Lord. Your word says that you will increase strength. When we are weak, you are strong, Lord. We decrease and we say, Lord, let you increase in our lives, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this moment. We thank you for this time. Bless our moms today, Lord, as we honor them. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.